start rewarding yourself for doing the things you love with the Marvel MasterCard. Learn more at marvelmastercard.com slash twin. Earn 3% cash back at comic book shops, restaurants, on digital streaming, and more. You'll earn 1% cash back on all other purchases as well. With cash back paid as a statement credit, there's just no limit to what you can earn. Marvelites will also love this. You'll get access to over 27,000 digital comics in the Marvel Universe with a free three-month subscription to Marvel Unlimited. We read it all the time and we love it. Choose your card from one of six designs and start earning today. Terms and conditions apply. Visit marvelmastercard.com twim to learn more and apply now. marvelmastercard.com T-W-I-M. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine... Sing. Last week was jam-packed and with news and all kinds of stuff. This week is fun as well, but Lorraine, I didn't talk to you last week. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right, you know? I'm holding it down. How have you been? Good, good. Uh, I had my first Father's Day which was great. Oh, yeah, that's right. Congrats. I missed it. Yeah. We were hanging out with my side of the family, and my mom asked, what do you want for Father's Day? I was like, fried chicken. And so they cooked me fried chicken for Father's Day, which was delightful. Um, I, I made my father-in-law an apple pie because that was his request for Father's Day because I make a, a bangin' homemade apple pie. I could not be with my father, who's across the country right now, so um, I send him Chinese food. Aww. So all the guys got food. <laughs> That's all that really matters, you know? It's like, we just want to eat. Your apple pie, does it have the crumbly bits, or do you? Or is it just sort of like, oh, it's a oh, gentle pie? Um, that is a brown Betty. How dare you? Um, no. <laughs> uh, no, I make a nice homemade crust. I rolled it out. I put a little, I cut a little apple in it and then I cut out little leaves all around the circumference of the pie. So it was really pretty. I was very proud of it. Wow. Sounds great. I will say my favorite parts of the pie are the crunchy, sugary, like fatty bits, not the actual filling. So like if I had my, my ratio of like pie, like really good crust and crumbly bits would probably be like 60% of the pie that and then 40% of the pie the actual pie. <laughs> I want to expand on that at a later time, but for now we have to get into what's going on this week because we got to talk about a whole bunch of Marvel stuff. What's up first, Lorraine? Well, if you guys were not paying attention, we released a bonus episode talking all about Marvel's Avengers War Table. <laughs> I mean, we we are very spoiled because we get to see things early. What was your experience like getting to watch The War Table? Because it's all about this new game, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, it gives you this really incredible inside look, like the most that we've probably seen about this game so far, for sure. What was your biggest reaction? I'm guessing it's MODOK, because MODOK <laughs> is in the game. Well, so here's the thing. like You mentioned it. We are very fortunate. So we get to see a lot about stuff ahead of time. So I knew all the things mm -hmm. about the game. I, I've known about MODOK for as long as I've known about the game, right? Which made me very happy and I've been holding it inside for so long, but it's at a point now where the game is about two months away from release. So we're so close, everything looks so good. So I hadn't seen it in this stage 
yet. And so I hadn't seen all this stuff come together like this. And I was blown away. It, the MODOK stuff was amazing. The presentation of the entire Marvel's Avengers War Table was incredible. And just seeing the breadth of costumes and looks and tweaks and deep dive stuff that they're putting into the game in one place was like, yes, we are finally, finally here. What about you? I had like a much more uh, pure experience because I didn't get to go into the, the E3 panel. I, I've missed a bunch of the stuff that, you know, some of the fans have actually gotten to see if they were on the ground. So I was really, really pumped to get to see a bunch of that stuff. The thing that like really got me about the game is what you were saying is it's so customizable that you can play characters in a way that suits you no matter what character it is, which is really, really appealing to me because I like certain sort of modalities when I play. So I thought that was really freaking cool. I had no, I knew about MODOK, but I didn't know about a lot of these much more deep cut characters that are going to appear in the game. It's just really wonderful, wonderful fan service. I'm pumped about it. Yeah, like one of the characters is from like four issues of, of like comics from the 80s, like Electro Assassin. She's like a side character, a minor side character from a S.H.I.E.L.D. character. And it's bonkers that she made it in. But kudos to the Marvel Games team and the Crystal Dynamics team for working together and putting out working on the game and putting out this first Marvel's Avengers War Table. Of course, if you haven't listened to that bonus episode, definitely check it out. But if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you first watch the Marvel's Avengers War Table. Yes. Um, you know, like it all kind of works together. Yes, do it or we will do absolutely nothing to you, but we'll be sad for you. <laughs> yes. Lorraine, there's a really amazing piece of news that came out this week about Marvel's Avengers, which I wanted, we didn't have at the time that we recorded the War Table mm -hmm chat but is that marvel's avengers will run on the ps5 and like that's important because i pay attention to a lot of games and there's a lot of talk of like all right what's going to happen when the new consoles come out in this you know like general holiday time frame this year well for marvel's avengers on ps5 we've been told that when you purchase marvel's avengers for ps4 either digitally or physically on disc and then you later upgrade to the ps5 you will get the PS5 version of the game with all the enhancements that we're going to talk about for free, which is yeah. amazing. There's a lot of graphical stuff that I'm looking at and I'm like, I don't know what enhanced ambient occlusion means, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, or increased texture resolution. That one I think I understand. Higher level of detail throughout the game. But there's going to be a bunch of stuff, basically bigger, better, badder more fun you know on top of the graphics the ps5 has this solid state drive to make mm. to make it so loading is going to be so so fast and uh, early on sony showed off like examples with marvel spider-man and how quickly you can do stuff like you know fast travel in the game is going on the subway and like now you kind of wouldn't even you wouldn't even see the, those subway loading screens or anything you probably could if you wanted to but anyway with this you're gonna have super fast loading so you can just like get in the game which is gonna be amazing because i'm sure you and i lorraine are gonna want to play together at some point when the game comes out and we're just gonna want to like easily jump in, play together, have a lot of fun. It's going to be very, very cool. And I love that you can co-op with just one other person and then let the, the AI play in for other people. So you can do co-op mode with a variety of people, which is really, really cool. Um, but listen to our full episode of This Week in Marvel talking with Scott Amos to hear 
the whole ish. Also, this is very exciting. Marvel's on Twitch now. Uh, Marvel Let's Play, Marvel How to Draw is going to be there. I believe it's Tuesdays and Thursdays happening every week over at twitch.tv slash Marvel. Yeah, those are great. I mean, we've got some amazing artists. I know Will Sliney did a really fun piece. We had um, play with Mark Sumerak on Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, who's such a sweetheart. He's the best. Rochelle Rosenberg showed us how to color a comic for the first time, which I thought was very cool. She did a a piece of Todd Knox work uh, because they worked together a lot, and it was great. Yeah, and that process is so... So much more than just like putting down a color. It's fascinating to see come to life. So of course, check out twitch.tv slash Marvel. I'm sure you and I, Lorraine, will be on there plenty as things ramp up with that. Um, Here's something really cool. If you, dear listener, want to get your hands on some actual Marvel props, there are uh, props going up for auction. The prop store is back in business. Bidding opens July 2nd. Uh, Bidders will be able to place bids from around the world online or by phone on auction day, July 23rd, 2020. And so you've got costumes from all five of the Marvel series that were on Netflix. They're all going to be offered at the same time in the same sale. Yeah, and you can actually uh, register now at propstore.com slash Marvel. And that is for a free chance to win one of two original prizes from Marvel's Daredevil and Marvel's Luke Cage. Uh, But there's just so much cool stuff. I mean, there is Matt Murdock's stunt Daredevil costume, the red Daredevil suit for his stunt double, which is super sick. I have a feeling there are going to be some cosplayers that are going to really try for it. Yeah. I'm eyeing Misty Knight's cybernetic arm and and tracking (sighs) costume from Marvel's Luke Cage. Just because how cool would that be? You walk into someone's foyer in their house and like, Oh, is that Misty Knight's arm? And you're like, yes, it is Misty Knight's arm. Um, but wouldn't you want Jessica Jones' first leather jacket? Because that's there. I think it wouldn't fit me. It would... I, I think I'd it'd be like fat guy. What is that? <laughs> that, that guy song? in a little coat uh, from Tommy Boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, if I bought it, I would 100% try to wear it. Oh, but you could also get Electra Psy. So much good stuff. Yeah, so many good things. Cool props, prototypes, all kinds of different things in here from across the shows. You can get the full list on, you know, or you can get a, a large list on Marvel.com. There's going to be the catalog, which Lorraine mentioned. Uh, you can check that out. All this stuff. Again, you can go to propstore.com slash Marvel to check it all out. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, so have you been doing some fun Marvel at home stuff? Because I have been, Ryan. Lorraine, you've known me for years. How craftsy am I? You are a monster. <laughs> yep. Every time we've ever done a craft activity on camera, Ryan essentially just tries to derail it. Like, oh, is is this a thing? Smoosh. <laughs> yeah. But I have been doing some crafts at home. So we've been doing this Marvel at home thing, uh, Marvel Missions, they're called. And if you look up the hashtag Marvel Mission, you can see more of people doing these cool activities. The last one was a Captain Marvel's star. It was the Star of Hala, which a bunch of people made some really cool ones. I put up a craft video that is on the Marvel Instagram on IGTV. But the next one is a baby Groot challenge. I know people are going to come up with some really cute stuff. You can make your own at home just using safe household items and then hashtag Marvel Mission. And uh, maybe I'll get featured on the Marvel channels. I don't know. Mm, maybe. 
It's very exciting. People who are much better at this stuff than I are doing some really cool stuff, such as yourself. And so it's fun to see these come through and, and actually the creativity, especially while people are still at home, still working, you know, like they're hanging out with their kids and they're putting these together. It's, it's really neat. Yeah, honestly, it's brought me so much joy just getting to do it for work. It's fun and creative and having something where you can just sit and focus and do it for the fun of it is rare these days, it seems like. <laughs> Uh, of course, this is June and it is Pride Month. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of Pride celebrations that are going on on various Marvel social media and, and site and stuff. Uh, and on Women of Marvel, there's an episode with Teeny Howard, Vida Ayala, and Leah Williams, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's been a bummer because the Pride Parade is something that I really enjoy in New York City. And so, you know, not getting to have it um, in the same way is is kind of a bummer but i'm so glad that we get to do uh some pride events through our marvel channels and with our friends and family here because pride month is important yeah lorraine tell me a little bit about what's going on with marvel's agents of shield right now oh man so much time travel fun is happening the so the episode this week uh if you guys have not caught up i'm not going to spoil anything for you but it's in the 1970s and it includes patrick warburton who many of us know and loved from Seinfeld as Putty, um, we're in a great stash situation. I mean, the costumes this season are chef's kiss. And the whole sort of genre <laughs> of it all is so, so fun. You guys should go and watch all those episodes as they bounce through time because there's nothing better than a little good old-fashioned Marvel time travel. You can watch it Wednesdays at 10, 9 central on ABC. Ugh, I want everything they wear. Oh my gosh, I imagine. Now... I love Patrick Warburton, but here's the thing about me. I've never really watched Seinfeld. I probably have seen two whole episodes in my life. I know there's probably a lot. It's just not a show I ever really got into, although I feel like I might enjoy it if I did. So I don't think of Patrick Warburton from Seinfeld. I, like our producer Zachary, think of him as sort of the uh, the voice for the intro video to Soren at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. You know, like I close my eyes, I can picture it. I was really happy when I got to take my family to Disney World a couple of years ago. They didn't do a lot of the rides, but we're, we all got to do Soren together, which was Wonderful. It's one of my favorite experiences. And um, Patrick Warburton, is he's real special to me. I mean, he's just got the most amazing sort of dry, deep voice. Just fabulous. So funny. Just like me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, before we move on to our interview this episode, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Marvel Insider, because there are new monthly rewards just arrived in Marvel Insider. Marvel Insider rewards you for doing the things that you already are doing as a Marvel fan. Be sure to log in at marvel.com and check them out. There's new digital comics, digital wallpapers, and more. And while you're there, you can check out how to earn points and redeem more rewards. Not an insider? Join today at marvel.com slash insider. Uh, you know what? I feel like we need to um, just really get into an intergalactic battle. We're talking about the Scroll Cree Alliance, baby, or the Cree Scroll Not Alliance, the the Pre Scroll Alliance. Yeah, if you're checking out the Empire event, this summer's big Marvel Comics event, you'll know that something has changed with the Cree and the Scrolls who have been 
at odds for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Vertisian Empire Avengers number zero come out, which has talked about some things that are going on and how the Kree and the Scrolls are aligned. We haven't seen the full extent of that, but we did want to bring together Dan Slott and Al Ewing, the two writers for Empire, to sort of go over what's going on in the event, some behind the scenes stuff, and most importantly, pit them against each other as we should with all creators. Yeah, that's right. Nothing could be nice. We only have Discord and that's what today is about. But it's going to be hard because they like each other so much. So we're really going to have to get in there and mess it up for them. Yeah. This is all about ruining their working relationship. We are ruiners <laughs> of friendships here on This Week in Marvel. And right now, let's hear us ruin the friendship between Dan Slott and Al Ewing. Oh, hello, Al and Dan. How y'all doing? Hey! Uh, Empirically, uh, we're doing great. In certain ways, we're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're very happy that you're here to talk with us today. Uh, let's just like dive right into this because we got a lot to talk about. What is the Empire event for anyone who doesn't yet know about Empire? Did I do it right, Ryan? Al is the one who created the booming uh, oh, that's announcement right. of, of Empire. It's along the lines of Empire. Ooh, there it is. Maybe a little more <laughs> booming. I need to have some more coffee. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what is what is Empire? It's the Kree Scroll War, you know, the Hot War, the Cold War that's been sort of ongoing for as long as the Marvel Universe has been around, is now sort of coming to its apotheosis, I guess. Apotheosis. Nothing says Marvel like apotheosis. <laughs> I think that was uh, Apocalypse's twin brother. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is the. Scrolls have been around since Fantastic Four number two. The uh, Kree Scroll War has been going on for millennia. So this is yep. this is the culmination and the next stage of a major part of Marvel Universe continuity. There are twists, there are turns, there are things we cannot speak of yet. There are just like seconds before this began. I got a look at the the final lettering proof of the very last issue, so Ooh. I can say that I have seen how it ends. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite hard not to leak any spoilers out. We can say a bunch of secrets right now and just have like a string of bleeps. Bleep. It ends with get your bleeps ready. It ends with. to determine the fate of the entire galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are writing this event together or have written this event together. What is that like now that we have the two of you together here? That's it's a, been um, hmm. it's it's yeah. it, it's we had a big meeting with Tom Prevort and with Alana and we sat down and we we worked out all these big beats and major turning points for the Marvel Universe, and then Al went away and wrote it all. <laughs> it's been... That's pretty much how it went. It's, it's been like, you know, we kind of, together, we, we crafted all of these, like, incredible, I guess, Lego blocks, these huge story blocks. Cosmic and then it was kind of Lego like... Lego blocks. Cosmic Lego blocks. And then it was sort of like my job to kind of bolt them all together 
but like it was getting getting all of those pieces in place uh was definitely you know it definitely took the both of us to kind of i don't think you know either of us could have done it alone and obviously you know everything i was doing was kind of like you know looked over and approved and like uh carefully monitored um so that (laughs) when i did my usual thing saying oh hey i just thought of this that was you know those those decisions were were fully approved yeah i've been i've been running a little bit of um support team yay in that all the fantastic four issues are going to tie in and help out yeah a little bit in a big way people have been asking you know what are the what are the most necessary tie-ins i would argue that the ff tie-ins are hugely necessary you know the prologues the epilogues this this the fallout from empire is going to be so big for the marvel universe one one of the things I'm really loving about Empire and what Al's done is this blending of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, how these two teams are really going to mesh together to deal with everything that's happening in Empire. You're going to see all kinds of great mix-ups and match-ups between your favorite Avengers characters and your favorite Fantastic Four characters. and how People it, you never yeah. thought would work together. Oh, it's it's so it's much fun. Right. I, I love everything he's... Every time I look over Empire and I see what Al is doing with Ben and I see what he's doing with Johnny and I see, oh my God, what he's doing with Sue and what he's doing with Reed, it's all so cool. Over in the FF, that leaves us with Franklin and Val and to help out, Spider-Man and Wolverine gaining all new Fantastic Four costumes and that's what you're going to see over in the FF books. Those are some amazing costumes. The thing I love about the Fantastic Four and the Avengers is that they, they're kind of the same team. Like, every single member of the Fantastic Four has been an Avenger at some point. Mm-hmm. And so many Avengers have been on the FF. It's <laughs> like um, they're already kind of like very heavily. And you're going to be seeing like um, the most FFE Avengers get some big, meaty stuff to do. FF readers of old will will understand who those are. And and I love a lot of changes that happen to characters that you know and love in this oh, event. Yeah. Like what happens with Carol and Captain Marvel is oh that's so cool. And how Kelly is gonna that play was, with that. That was very early on we decided that I think yeah. that was in the room. It uh people better start getting their cosplay costumes ready for when cons start up again. Cause oh that is true. The whole Carol look is great. Now, that was announced really early on, I think, before the issue even came out, because Carol is going to be the accuser. Is there a special pronunciation for that, Al? I think you've got to do it even deeper. The accuser. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't force my voice down that far. Um, it's too deep even for me. You, you need to have it's special early. Cree vocal cords to say it right. <laughs> Uh, now, you guys you guys have been talking about the FF and the Avengers a ton, of course, but we really want to get into the Kree and Skrull. Isn't that right, Lorraine? Oh, yeah. Who are the the Skrull and the Kree? What make them special to you, personally? I, I, I Well, I guess starting with the Skrulls, they're, they're Marvel's earliest and oldest alien race, unless, you know, you count all of the strange tales and... Uh, journey into mystery aliens who who cropped up and then kind of became became part of things but if 
the scrolls they just came you know they came back and back and they yeah the more the more we find out about them the more as as the marvel universe gets older the more we kind of learn about their history and their culture how they used to be this incredibly peaceful technologically advanced race what and they got sort of dri- yeah peaceful yep. scrolls what could have possibly peaceful. what turned them so warlike al what made them go to war well they they fell in with a bad crowd oh they ran into this this race of maniacal alien barbarians who'd like just got through wiping out the other the other sentient race on their planet, and yeah, just ended up stealing all of their stuff and going to war with them. And, and what was the name of that incredibly barbaric, violent oh, alien I, race? Was it was it the? I think it was the Cree. The if not, oh, it was the Cree. If not yeah. for the Cree, we would have no warlike scrolls. The Marvel Universe would be completely yeah. different. My personal favorite thing that I ever did with the Skrulls was um, back in FF2, uh, Reed Richards fools them by showing comic panels. Yep. And the Skrulls believe that they're real. That's, and... That is how good Jack Kirby's art is. Yes, that is true. <laughs> but I, I ended up explaining that by... Um, by saying that the scrolls have kind of no concept of representational art, <laughs> so they thought they were—they honestly thought they were looking at photographs. And Reed Richards, being the giant brain, obviously knew this. Oh, absolutely, of course. Um, so it, it wasn't—it wasn't completely insane. So there's there's an un, was, there's an untold tale where they try that with the Cree, and the Cree just turn around and punch them. <laughs> like, how dare you? A comic. Well, all right. So that that establishes a bit about um, each of them. I mean, the scroll also have a very particular set of abilities that yes. um, has played an important role in their place in the universe over time, has it not? They can change their shape. They can even control their mass to an extent. I've seen a scroll become a tiny fly. And and the super scroll is going to be showing up in this, right? Yep, yeah. uh, with all the powers of the FF, and also. A secret fifth power. Can I can I say it? Can I say it? Hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of Hulkling's royal guard. Um, Hulkling's been, royal. Uh, as you... Wait a minute. Hulkling's royal. How does Hulkling have a royal did we, guard? Did we skip? Did we skip ahead a bit? I think um, we for did. people who haven't, <laughs> for people who weren't around at the end of last year and didn't pick up uh, incoming. How dare you? Well, yeah. First of all, why not? <laughs> And second of all, at the end of that, which you should know if you'd uh, if you had picked it up, Hulkling became the emperor of the combined Korean Skrull uh, empires. Dun, dun, dun. The previous the previous bigwigs of those civilizations, uh, like the Super Skrull, who was emperor of the Skrulls, um, now he is uh, Hulkling, one of Hulkling's second in command. So this this whole event, Empire, isn't just celebrating all the Cree and Skrull Marvel history of the ancient past. It's also, if you're a Marvel reader of now and you care about Hulkling and characters like that, it's all the new stuff that you've been seeing too that's all folded into Empire. Empire is yep. for everyone. I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say that Hulkling gets a lot to do. He gets a lot to do in this. Yeah, every Hulkling scene that Al's writing is amazing. So what we want to try to do here is have some fun and have each of you pick a side. Skrull or Kree. 
and maybe by the end we'll come together and everybody will be super happy and wonderful or you argue and fight to the death of who is better the Cree or the scrolls so who's gonna be the Cree or the scroll I am I'm completely Cree I have always been Cree I've always been Cree. I, I've been Cree always -er than you should we flip a coin okay Heads, heads, I'm Cree. I will go tails, but that is secretly a tail disguised as a head. Oh, God. Okay, great. Dan, you won. Okay. I, I'm a Cree. I like the Skrulls better anyway. <laughs> great. Fantastic. Let's get into a little bit of debate. So let's see. You, you each have to uh, sort of argue who has the strongest warrior from your respective groups. I mean, Pybok is pretty good. He has all the powers of some of the X-Men. <laughs> and, and you can't you know you i don't think there's a cree you can say the same about i i am going to say the supreme intelligence is the greatest warrior because the greatest weapon is the mind mm. and no one has a greater mm. mind than the cree supreme intelligence he has no body but boy does he have a great mind Dan, can you explain a little bit more what the Supreme Intelligence is for any of our listeners who don't know? He is a giant floating head in a, a vat with many tendrils, and he possesses the sum and total knowledge of the Kree Imperium. He's been killed a few times, but you can grow a new one using uh, using the remains of the old. So It's like uh, a chia pet. Slowly, like, goes yes. Puff, 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 puff. yes. And... And when you when you grow a new one, you add in all of the knowledge of like what you're growing it with. So um, they grew one from two uh, alternate Earth Reed Richardses. What? So the Supreme Intelligence had like all of the knowledge of the previous Supreme Intelligence plus a double dose of Reed Richards mind. And then and then <laughs> after that, um, Marvel Boy recently brought him back again with all of the knowledge of the Plex Intelligence, uh, the Supreme Intelligence from Marvel Boy's world. So now the Supreme Intelligence is like leading a rebel faction of Kree. So he's a he's a tough cookie. You, so you concede that that Dan's Kree are stronger than your Super Scroll? Yeah, but if he's <laughs> if he's using the Supreme Intelligence, um, the Supreme Intelligence has recently defected. To the rebel Cree, so maybe he's not on the board. But then the 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 Cree do have accusers. We, we yes, we, we have multiple. We have accusers and a new one. And we that. also have uh, we also have Captain Glory. Oh yeah, he's a tough nut. He's like he's like if the Cree had a Captain America. Mm -hmm. He's got like um, powers very similar to Captain Marvel's in terms of being able to fly around and punch stuff. He's he's been uh, gene gene modified to be completely without guilt in the battlefield, and um, he basically he goes in and punches stuff for the Kree Empire. Well, it seems like the the Kree might be in the lead, but let let's move on to our next question. Who's had the most embarrassing defeat, the Skrulls or the Kree? Oh, I mean, they both lost their home world. But the scroll homeworld at least had the decency to be eaten by Galactus. Galactus yeah, yeah. I think the the end thing is nothing's going to be being forced to be turned into a cow. I think the, I mean, the minute rough. Re Richards forces you to be turned into a cow, and then later, uh, some people forgot they were there and made them into burgers. 
And that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Whole, that's whole town. Deeply Yeah, disturbing. eating Skrull burgers and giving them Skrull that's, abilities. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty bad. But at least, you know, at least the Skrull burgers uh, give you Skrull powers. So they're pretty awesome burgers. Okay. Also, the Skrulls frequently beaten up by a man wearing 3D glasses. That's super <laughs> embarrassing. That is beyond embarrassing. And and because because they wanted to learn about Earth's movies, they devoted an entire galaxy to uh, replicating yeah, Earth movies. Gangster movies. Including gangster movies. Yeah. Oh, I love all the gangster um, scrolls. They're great. They're, and there is a planet of medieval like um, knights in armor scrolls. And, and in every case, all those planets destroyed. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to mention it, but yes, the scrolls did detonate the uh, the sun of that particular solar system. Oh. <laughs> Feels like we're getting to another Cree win here because the scrolls have had more frequent and more overall embarrassing defeats. Lorraine, what do you think? I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So far, the Cree are in the lead. I mean, mm. when, you know, when when you step up, you sometimes get taken down. That's how it works. You know, the scrolls have just been in the fight more. Well, that that's a good point. That leads us to our next little debate point. Who deserves to rule the universe? Now, is it because they've stepped up so much, as you're saying, Al, that the scrolls you think, deserve to rule? I mean, let's let's get back to the origins of the scrolls. They did they did at least start off as um, very peaceful, very sort of noble, extremely technologically advanced, extremely like um, you know building building like a coalition of worlds to kind of uh, peacefully kind of govern the galaxy. Uh, it was only when you know the the incredibly warlike and brutal Kree, you know, stole all their technology and attacked them. That, uh, that the scrolls started getting mean. As soon as we removed the Kree from the equation, I have every confidence that the scrolls will become peaceful again. Oh, absolutely. And I would stand by that too, that we should all trust the scrolls to do the right thing. But luckily, luckily, we have a, a new ruler, a new beloved ruler, who is the, who's he the, the child of, Al? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulkling is the, the child of... The great Cree hero Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, and uh, Princess Anel, huh? who uh, who got blown up with Throne World, the uh, the Holy Martyr. Oh. so yeah, of the pretty, Skrull um, Empire. And and because because when uh, when Hulkling was sort of sent away from uh, the Skrulls, he was also shot back through time a little bit. He is of age to rule. Um, that's how we deal with Marvel time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so then that, that takes us to, of the Kree and the scrolls, who serves the greatest Lukes? That's Lukes with an E-W in the middle. Lukes. What? <laughs> What's, what is a Luke, what? your honor? <laughs> no. So really, who, who looks the best? Gotcha. Ruling space. Who, who, who gives the most flair? And style. Yes. That's has got a, style? That's a tough one. Um, scrolls have historically had some amazing hats. Oh, <laughs> um, dude, the Cree have that fin down the middle, which can also modern day be a, a mohawk. That's like a 
It's that's like a soldier uniform. We're talking about rulers. Oh, um, oh yeah. And you, I mean, the Skrull Empress. She had some really nice, uh, really nice, really boots. amazing hats. Yeah. The now the Kree ruler brings us back to supreme intelligence. Um, a giant ball of snot with tentacles. <laughs> the height of Kree fashion is is holding a hammer. So I think the Skrulls are going to win. I think the person who wins now completely, though, is when you see the new Empire look. It is an uh, it is oh yeah it is an alliance. They have an all new uniform designed by Valerio, and that's who wins yeah. the best look of the universe wow. is Valerio. Valerio Skiti, the artist. Yes, and we have a we have a new Cree Scroll Alliance like emblem on the chest and. Des- oh, yeah. Designed for the helmets that honor both the Skrulls and the Kree. And uh, it's a lot of Skrull in it, so there's some purple, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> Looks gorgeous. So, yeah, th- that would make it a draw, I guess. You've convinced me it's a draw. So then we have one draw, one Skrull, two Kree. Ooh. Mm. Uh, I will preface this next section to the two of you. We have a three short like sort of lightning rounds with trivia questions to see who's going to win each question one of them gets uh, a question we'll see what they answer no helping each other and al uh you're going to get the first question here which is okay now brace yourself this question was specifically written for you and it is extremely hard yeah the question is what type of barnyard animal did Reed Richards turn scroll soldiers into in Fantastic Four issue number two? Um, I, a horse. <laughs> Is it a horse? <laughs> no, it's a oh, cow. No. It's a cow, of course. Oh, oh yeah. I, I knew it all the time. Um, you no, did. I, was, I just wanted to see what what Dan would say. Um. <laughs> No, it was it was indeed a cow, and we've already been through the um, the entire history of that. Reed Richards turned those scrolls into cows, and at a certain point, they were turned into scroll burgers. And then some people ate those burgers, and uh, and ended up as the scroll kill crew, which was a whole thing in the nineties. All right, one, two, Al, um, Dan. Here's a very easy question for you. Okay, get ready. All right, what rock band? released an album and song called Empire in 1990. I have have no idea. (laughs) Are you sure? Is it my rock band? Did I do it? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) I am... I have no idea. This is... is, uh, I live in a world of comics. You're asking me about the real world. Oh, unfortunately, the correct answer was Queensryche. Of oh, course it was Queensryche. Oh, I should so have never known that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al, question number two. We're in round two. What is the name of the Supreme Cree Artificial Intelligence? Oh, come on. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say it's uh, the supreme intelligence or supremo. <laughs> That's that correct. Is correct. I don't even have it in me to fake not knowing. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Here's your next question. In no way, in no way unfair, and in 
No way unbalanced. A Kree spaceship leaves planet A heading towards planet B, which is 260 miles away. Uh At the same time, a scroll spaceship traveling 60 miles per Uh hour leaves planet B Uh heading towards planet A. Uh When do the two spaceships meet? Uh, At the negative zone. They meet in the negative zone. You know what? Since you write, <laughs> since you you actually get to basically choose this for the Marvel Universe, I'm going to accept that answer. Yeah. Thank you. I like that one. I did the math, and I, I worked out at going at warp speed and what that would do to virtual space and real space. You, you'd have to hit the negative zone in the middle. Yeah. Naturally. Naturally. Done. Mm. Done. Mm. Yep. Great answer, Dan. You're, that's why you're dead. My, my next answer would have been at planet Queensryche. Planet Queensryche. <laughs> All right. Anyway, round three. Uh, is for, This is the last round, and this question is for you, Al. Okay. Brace yourself. This one's right. going to be a tough one. Actually, actually, it might be a tough one. Empire number one comes out on what date? That is a tough one in these, in these coronary times. Um... I, you might hear some tapping. Oh, God, no, it's giving me the old release date. <laughs> God damn you, Google. It is all, I tried all right. to cheat. a scroll ploy. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid. I'm afraid cheating didn't work. Uh, when's, it, when's it coming out? Tell everybody. Tell the world. July 15th. July 15th. July 15th. I was so close. There you go. All right, Dan, if you get this next question right, you could win it oh all. Oh, my God. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me. Sargon the Great formed the world's first empire in Mesopotamia. Uh-huh. uh-huh. When was this empire created? Oh, man. Obviously. It's not a DC question. Obviously, uh, that would be, you know, uh, in scroll years, uh, that, that would be uh, 12. <laughs> Well, you know what? We can't really argue with that because you're the man who makes the myth. So I guess we accept that. Just remember, kids, you don't need to know real world things, just Marvel things. Marvel things, the only things you need to know. Marvel. Also, become a writer for Marvel and make up the answers. (laughs) There we go. I I think we, we, we have found a winner. So the Kree edge out the scrolls a little bit, but thankfully we don't have to pit the Kree and the scroll together anymore. They are aligned thanks to the storyline Empire. 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 Oh, you win. Al wins. Al wins. Thank you guys. Um, just go back to writing your wonderful comic books and we appreciate you taking the time with us. Cool. Big thanks to Dan Slott and Al Ewing once again. Sadly, we were not able to destroy their friendship, even though we tried. Man, foiled again. Gnash of teeth, rub of mustache. That was Ryan's mustache, not mine. Can you hear it? Oh, no, I got too much wax in it to make much noise. Weird. But, Ryan, we need a question of the week. Yes. Well, I'm thinking about next week's episode, which will be uh, we're going to have on director of Iron Man VR, Ryan Payton. He is the founder of Camouflage, the developers of the new game that is coming out. Oh, my gosh. So soon Uh, we're going to have him on. So uh, we want to know. 
Dear listeners, what is the thing you want to do most when you are playing Marvel's Iron Man VR? Is it flying? Is it going around, you know, with repulsors? Um, is it just experiencing Iron Man's world in VR? Let us know. Use the hashtag this week in Marvel. You can email your answers into twimpodcast at marvel.com. And of course, hit up our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Lorraine, what do you want to do most in the game? Well, you know, I got to work on a Marvel top 10 of Marvel's Iron Man VR tech. And so if people want to get a glimpse of that, that should be out now on Marvel.com. So you can look at 10 of the best ways to play. You're welcome Mm -hmm. in advance because there are some really good tips and tricks kind of hidden in there. But um, I I think, I mean, I'm very into the flying aspect of it all. But also, there are a bunch of really cool weapons. And one of my favorite is the Unibeam because you just like shoot a big old beam out of your heart and decimate real fun. Unibeam. 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 All my old school fighting game fans will know that one. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just getting a pew, 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 zap, 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 and, and get really into the feeling of being Iron Man. I'm very excited for everybody to get their hands on Marvel's Iron Man VR. And next week, you're going to learn a whole bunch about the game and um, just about the history of Marvel's forays into VR with camouflage. It's going to be very cool. All right, moving on up to community. What have our what have our friends been saying to us, Ryan? Uh, first up is Into the Night at IT Moon Knight. Said, just heard from Marvel's This Week in Marvel. The Hasbro Deadpool head says, quote, Shut up, Ronaldo. And now I want it. Yeah, Into the Night. It's pretty great. So in my house, we have a little area where I have three Godzilla statues having a tea party. And I've put Deadpool's head into that scenario so he can have some tea as well. There's a lot of unity going on in that little tapestry. It's like the classic magician's trick with the head in the exactly. in the dish. But there's nobody. That one nerd, Ron, at Respiris 8 said... Hey, Agent M and CB Cebulski. I was shocked to find that something like this existed and never knew that Marvel did a thing with Star Trek. Could you maybe bring this up in a This Week in Marvel podcast? And he shared a picture of the cover. Yeah, it's um very cool. Uh, Ron, I definitely want to dive into this a little bit more. I started to um, put together something about this for this week, but I just got sidetracked because I have Tiny Bibby. But I remember buying the Star Trek X-Men comics as a kid, even though I don't care about Star Trek. I never have. Maybe I will someday. But it's one of those things that uh, I know I had as a kid. So um, there's a bunch of things we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, I'll try to put something together for us for next week, and then we can chat about it. Lorraine, I can't remember, Lorraine. Are you a Star Trek person? I mean, I always felt like you had to choose between Star Trek and Star Wars, and I chose Star Wars, but I did watch a lot of Star Trek growing up. My brother was a huge Trekkie. Got it. Next gen, baby. That's how old I am. (laughs) All right, next up we have the Tech Lord at Lex Pendragon, who says, This Week in Marvel brought us Marvel Tales, and this might be the greatest episode ever. I loved hearing G. Willow Wilson. The story was amazing. It's set in lockdown. Willow's voice is beautiful. The story is funny. I can play this for my kids. OMG, this is so good. And you're not wrong. Yes. You're not wrong. It is delightful. Yeah, Lex, I'm sure the girls are going to love that. Um, I know I can't wait for more of these. You know, I know we've got some more on the burner. I think this was great. Like we talked about 
it was so great to hear Willow's voice and um, and hear her do more stories with Kamala. Fantastic. Heck yeah. So I'm going to take this tweet from Eric Shores at Eric Shores. The Defenders, a ragtag bunch of sometimes superheroes fighting crime on their teams. Mom crafted the costumes. We carried out the justice 42 years ago and shared an incredible collage of photos of him and his family as itty bitty kitties dressed up as lots of Marvel superheroes. And it is so sweet. That is adorable. Oh, man. So, so sweet. So nice. And on that note, let's, uh, let's end this wonderful episode. A very sweet one. This episode of This Week of Marvel is produced by Percy Verlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Brian Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Squirrel Burgers, America's new beef alternative. Move over, meat. There's a new shapeshifter in town. It tastes out of this world. Oh boy, we gotta go. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe.